The following is a presentation of Highlands Church, helping de-churched people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at highlandsadventure.org. Uh, my name is Lyle Schmidt. I'm the transition pastor here at, at Highlands. And if you don't know, I'm transitioning again. I'm tr- transitioning out of Highlands now. Sean Martin will be coming the first part of March, and I will be here till then, but uh, I'm on my way kind of saying goodbye. We'll be saying goodbyes over a period of time and, and thanking you for letting me be a part of your lives. Uh, Caleb was talking about being at the mission conference of the Santa Barbara Presbytery last, uh, over the weekend, over Saturday. I happened to be at, at my home presbytery meeting on Saturday, and every presbytery meeting, they have a worship time, and it was nothing like Highlands. <laughs> you have spoiled me in terms of music, of its impact, of its uplifting spirit, of its energy. Um, I told one of my colleagues that I was sitting near, I said, you know, I've crossed over. <laughs> it's, it's hard to go back once you've crossed over, but God is good, and I know that um, people worship Him in a variety of ways, and it touches their lives in a variety of ways. I'm not trying to belittle any form of worship at all. I'm just really trying to say what a special thing you have here at, at Highlands, what a blessing you have in the music ministry, the staff. Uh, I will miss you much, but that will come. You know, that will come. We'll say, we'll say goodbye at a, at a future date. But uh, you have become a part of my life, Peggy's life. We love being here with you. And I just kind of want you to know that as we move towards that transition once again uh, for Highlands and for us as we part ways, but God is good. God goes with each one of us. So we're in the midst of a series, a short series nonetheless, on, uh, on achievement, of, of achieving the kinds of things that God wants for us. And uh, I don't know, I, Caleb had a birthday. I don't even know what birthday that was, probably 21 or something like that. <laughs> I, there was a birthday in my family recently. It fortunately didn't fall on a Sunday. But it was one of those ones with a big zero in it. You know what I'm talking about? Those kinds of birthdays kind of give you pause to step back and actually take a look at your life and what you accomplished and what was it about. Did, it's not a time to get depressed, I know. It's a time to look forward. There's, there's the best yet uh, to come. But but, but the time to still step back each birthday, I think each day really, a time to step back and evaluate our lives. Are our lives making a difference or are we just treading water? Are they changing the world around us? Are they touching people around us? And do they see in us the grace of God, the power of the living God at work? That's what Paul's talking about this morning, the text we're going to look at in the second chapter of 1 Thessalonians. He's talking about lives of integrity, lives that are a reflection of the power of God in us. 
to do what God wants us to do, to touch lives around us, not just to, to change our own life and, and feel like we're comforted and, and we're nice and cozy in the arms of God, but are our lives actually touching others around us? Do they see the consistency of the power of God at work in us by what we do and what we say to Him and to them? This is, you can listen as I read. It didn't get into the projection unless they fixed that while uh, the service was going on. But, but really, the, f- the second chapter of 1 Thessalonians, this is what Paul is writing to them as he is trying to encourage them in, in their lives and in their ministry. He says, you know, brothers, that our visit to you was not a failure. We had previously suffered and been insulted in Philippi, as you know, but with God, with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in, stride, in spite of strong opposition. When Paul was in Philippi, he was falsely accused, beaten several times, flogged, thrown in prison, and locked up. And uh, during the night, a, an earthquake happened, and God changed the lives of the man who was, was protecting him, the man who was guarding him. And, and he was, in a sense, released from his own personal prison by the witness and the life and the consistency of the Apostle Paul. Paul continues, For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please men, but God. Who tests our hearts. For you know, we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from men, not from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you, but we were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. Surely you remember, brothers, our toil and our hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. For what is our hope, our joy, or our crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when He comes. Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. God bless His Word to us. You know, that's an amazing thing. Wouldn't you like to have someone write those kinds of words to you? That, that you are their glory, you are their joy, you are the one that they are so excited about, what God is doing in and through you. The Apostle Paul accomplished amazing things. I often wonder about what he really thought he was going to be able to accomplish in his life. You know, what was, what was he going to actually be able to, to do? Kind of, you know, we, we use these words as what was on his bucket list? Maybe you've put together a bucket list. What's on your bucket list? Is it exciting, adventurous kinds of things, risk-taking sorts of, of activities, 
selfish things maybe, things that you've wanted to do, but for whatever reason were unable to actually have the money or the time to actually go and pursue it. I think a bucket list needs to have the things on it that would be pleasing to others, to desire something that is going to make life better for someone else so that we might be remembered as people who changed people's lives, that we might be remembered as people who stood up when someone needed to stand up, who were there when someone just needed to be there, who said words, right words, wrong words, doesn't matter, but said something when something needed to be said. I think people in in our world want that, but yet they fear that their lives are really not that consistent with, with what they'd like them to be. They're afraid that when they get to the end, that what's going to be revealed will not be pretty. Ever go to a memorial service of a scoundrel? Pastors get to do all kinds of things in their, their lives. And you know this person was just the roughest, toughest I won't say all the words that I could say about some people. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Maybe you're one of those kind of people who just are just hard on people. And yet somehow at the end, it's all pretty and soft and wonderful. And yet everyone's still thinking, wow, that didn't sound like the guy I knew. (laughs) Right? Have you been to those kind of things? We fear that. We fear that in, in the end, the bad things in our lives will have surmounted higher than than the good things. Eight years ago, in 2005, Lance Armstrong had just won his eighth Tour de France. He was on top of the world. It was unbelievable. And we now know it truly was unbelievable, right? The eyes of the world were on him. He was a hero, an icon of what you can do when you set your mind to do something. Cycling victories, charities founded. He's the guy who's responsible for all those plastic wristbands because I think his was like the, one of the first with Live Strong, all of that. Maybe you have one of those. Athletes for Hope, cancer causes, all kinds of charitable things that, that he promoted in his life. And now all of that goodness all of the the great things that that were accomplished through some of the things that he did have been overshadowed, have literally been wiped away in disgrace. All because of a loss of integrity. Maybe it was a bit of greed and some other things in there, but, but a life of integrity was exposed into unintegrity. He wasn't, he didn't have that integrity. I don't know how you feel about his, even his confession. I'm not so sure about confessing to Oprah to begin with, but, you know, my, my personal feeling is that integrity doesn't wait to get caught. Integrity stands up when it's the hardest time to stand up, when no one's making accusations and say, I have to say something. I have to be honest with who I am and with what's going on in my life. We so often demand that of others, but so often want to forgive it in ourselves. We don't want 
that to be exposed. We think that we can get by. We think we can somehow slip through and it will get unnoticed and it will be okay. But in the end for Lance, uh, he's got a long road ahead. It takes a lifetime to build integrity and only a moment to lose it. We struggle with integrity in our lives. See, Paul found that in his own life to to have integrity of with who he was. He would do the work God was calling him to do. He would do the very thing God wanted him to do, to have integrity. You know, we talk about the worship service every week at our staff meeting. On Tuesday morning, we gather for about an hour and a half for a staff meeting. We share the Scripture passage that's going to be used for the Sunday morning worship, and we talk about the message a little bit. It's a time to bounce ideas off of people and get a little bit of input. So we were talking about integrity, and so, someone on staff, you can, you can poll them if you want, someone says, you know, I struggle with where to put my shopping cart after I've floated the car. Do, <laughs> do I just hook it on the, you know, the, the bumper curb there, that, that cement thing, or do I push it over and put it where it says return carts here, you know? Does, do I have that kind of integrity in my life. I was part of a church that had something called Jesus parking. Not that Jesus ever parked, although he was in one accord with his disciples, I'm told. I know, I'm sorry. Jesus parking is where you park a little farther away so that people who have trouble walking with mobility or people who are coming to visit can park closer and not have to to, to, to maneuver the parking lot. We could practice Jesus parking here. Think about it. Next Sunday morning when you come, Jesus parking. Park a little farther away and let someone else have those closest parts. We, I think we also talked a little bit about our struggling in our, in our financial, our giving aspect. And I know Richard already mentioned it just a, a minute ago. We're falling behind in terms of income to giving. And in our Christian lives, what we do speaks about what's on the inside. You know, we can't see the inside of people. We only can see what they do, what they say, how they act. And in terms of our giving, it's not that we're, that we're begging people to give money. We're asking people to have integrity between what they say they believe and call important and what they help support with their money with their finances, with their time and talents, with their gifts. It's a consistency thing. It's a, an act of integrity to give of, our, of, of what God has given to us. You see, Paul had that in his life. He totally gave of himself to the, the people he went and ministered to. When he thought about what he gave, when he thought about his own integrity, what came to his mind was not all of the blessings and joys that he had. What came to his mind were the sufferings, the hardships, the struggles that he endured because those spoke volumes not about his own accomplishments but about what God was doing in his life. We don't often think of, of it that way. That when we have a hardship, when there's a struggle in our lives, that somehow this is going to now help us understand the grace of God more. But in a way, 
we rely on Him more. We don't rely on our own talents, our own abilities. We must, in our struggles, in our difficulties, in our persecutions, rely on the grace and the goodness of God. That's what Paul's talking about, having integrity. When times are bad, not cursing, but forgiving, reaching out and blessing others in our lives. Paul talked about his integrity as well in his, in his act of service to God, that he was doing this not for his own personal gain or for his own prestige, but he was doing it so that God might be lifted up. This is what he says in verse 4. On the contrary, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. Approved by God to be entrusted with God's message, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are not trying to please men, but God who tests our hearts. That was Paul's desire to have a life of integrity, that his belief system and his function and action system were consistent with each other. You know, we often think about people outside of us. Are we pleasing them? Are we making them happy? And, and that, that's okay, but it's really a temporal sort of thing. Paul, Paul's talking about pleasing God. This is a bigger picture. This is a broader blessing to a God who cares and loves and gave so much for us. About God's grace poured out in our lives. You see, Paul went into the same, went into Christian ministry with the same zeal that he went into the persecuting of the early church. Paul was a great persecutor. We often forget that as we read about his life and ministry and how he touched people. Paul started by trying to kill anybody who professed faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, he stood on the sidelines as Stephen was stoned to death, we read in the book of Acts. Paul was there and approving of that act. And I think that's why Paul so greatly strove to be consistent in his life after he found faith in Jesus Christ, after he heard God's call on his life. Because I think in the back of his mind, he remembered how God had forgiven and turned his life around, how God had changed him and now called him and blessed him with the ministry of his gospel. This didn't happen overnight, we're told. It, was, it took many years before even the, uh, Paul was accepted in the early church. He had to earn back his integrity. And once he had earned it back, he was unwilling to do anything that would call it back again into question. See, that's what God wants for us as well, to not do the things that call into question our integrity. And now God wants us to use that to bless others, and that's what the Apostle Paul did in this passage. He talked about the Thessalonians as people who are blessing those around him, who people he's been hearing of their witness, hearing of the ministry, hearing the lives touched and changed by their goodness, by their lives of integrity. I often think, what difference will my life make? 
You know, what will people say about me at my memorial? Ever think about that? Sometimes people ask you to write your own obituary. What would you put down in your own obituary? What kinds of things would you like said about you at, at that time? What would be the signature trait of who you are that people go, yeah, that was, that was you? When I think of my own life, I think of the many people who have touched me and have been a part of, of, of forming me and making me who I am. One person stands out in my life. His name was Jack. His name was Jack Gunn. And what a great guy he was. There he is, Jack. Bless you, Jack. Jack was younger than I am at that, age, at that, that picture there. I've known Jack since I was in my teens. Jack was there when Peggy and I met for the very first time. He said it wouldn't last. (laughs) And it's only been 42 years, so I guess he's right. It hasn't really lasted too much in in the longer, bigger picture of things. Jack was not only a bus driver. He's driving a bus there. Jack was not only a bus driver. He was my pastor. He officiated at my wedding with... Peggy. He helped me make decisions about college and about seminary. He taught me things about women, guys. Guy like that's that's worth his weight in gold. Peggy never lets me forget the things Jack told me as he counseled me on what to do as a young man entering into a marriage and how to treat a wife properly. Jack was a great guy. Jack's presence faded in my life. We, you know, we didn't live close to each other, but his influence was amazingly powerful. The changes he made are still present in my life, and it was always a positive thing. He died a few years back, and, but he is still so much alive as the young man that you see in that, that picture there. Are you that kind of a person for someone else? Are you the kind of person who helps change someone else's life, who brings the power and the presence of God into them, who helps them through the little struggles, who, who is there when they need someone to, to talk to, maybe someone to, to, to cry with, to share those deep personal things? Well, you have made that kind of a difference in someone's life as your life goes on and the years accumulate doesn't mean it has to be all good. There's, there's struggles in our lives as well. There's setbacks in each one of our lives. We, we know we're not perfect. Sometimes that stops us from actually being the kind of person Jack was, at least as I remember him, to me. We need to be that kind of person to others in our own lives. The kind of people who have bucket lists that don't have wild and wacky, crazy things on them but have the, the power to touch and change someone else's life. The, to be the person who was there through a, a hardship, a struggle, a difficulty. To be the person who was there that they relied on and put their weight on when they had that kind of a need for them. You see, all too often we walk through this life trying to, to benefit ourselves to seek to to bring ourselves pleasure, 
to seek to affirm who we are, to seek to do things that make our lives exciting and a joy. And so often we forget that really God wants us to be a blessing in other people's lives. And by so doing, we are then truly blessed, eternally blessed. That the presence and power of God become more real to us because we have been that blessing, that person to someone else. God wants us to live lives of integrity. That, that, that when we put something out, that it's consistent with what's on the inside of our lives. We need to examine our hearts at times. I know I do. I'm not speaking for you. I'm speaking for myself. There are things that I'm not happy with in my life, things that I see as failures, things that I see as underachieving what God really had intended for me. And I need to see those more clearly. And I hope that you too have those kinds of times in your life when you step back and see clearly the consistency between what you say, you believe, and know to be true, and how you live each day before your family, before your friends, at work, at school, in your neighborhood, wherever you are. Is life consistent between those two things? And if it's not, it's okay. We can never truly always be consistent. There will be failures. There will be setbacks. There will be times we disappoint even ourselves. But the grace of God is even more powerful than that. It changed the apostles, Paul's life from a life of persecution to a life of reaching out and blessing others. I pray Lance Armstrong will have that kind of life as well. It remains to be seen. I pray you too may have that kind of life where you truly bless others, where when you, you get to the end, some will say, you know what? They changed my life for the good. And that change will be with me. God, God receive the glory. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the writings of the Apostle Paul, for his life and his ministry, for all the things that he did that were, were written down and retained for us that we too might know of what he did and what he said and how consistent his life became, how you changed him, how you filled him, how you redirected all of his energies and to be a blessing to others, but most of all being a blessing to you. Lord, change our lives. Fill us with your spirit that we too might live lives worthy of your calling upon each one of us, that lives would be blessed and filled with the power of your Spirit, that the world will know of your great love for them. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. This has been a presentation of Highlands Church, helping de-churched people become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at